let's pray. Father God, I love you. Lord, I'm thankful for this house. I'm thankful for such a great church, for such a great body of believers. Father, I'm thankful for my family. That's what these folks are, Father. They're my family. And I'm so thankful. My life is rich. My life is full. My life is good because of my family. And I'm thankful in Jesus' name. Everybody said? We've been talking about the house of God for several weeks. And I'm going to finish that series this morning. The first thing that we talked about was having your expectations turned on when you come in this place. Whatever it looked like for you this morning to get here, uh, you've done the hard part. You got your family up, you got ready, you got dressed, you did everything you needed to do, and you got here. Now you're here, turn on your expectation. Reach down and flip that switch of faith and say, God, I'm here on purpose. God, I'm here because I have needs, and I expect to hear from you. I expect you to meet those needs. So we found out you want to turn on your expectation. Otherwise, you just go through the motions, and the Bible just really says that's being religious, and that's the last thing you want to do is be religious because religion doesn't change anything. But when you show up and you bring your needs before God, and you have an open, humble heart, and you turn on that expectation, then God is there to honor that. God is there to move in your life. And just like my life, and just like I know many of your lives, my life's been changed. We found out that this is the house of mercy. Lamentation says his mercy is new every morning. Whatever you need today, your father is offering mercy. His mercy is new this morning. Whatever your morning has looked like, whatever your week has looked like, well, it doesn't matter. Mercy is being offered this morning to you. When I went to God's house, that was one of the first things that I encountered. Then we found out that this is the house of wholeness. I love that. All those years ago, when my new little bride and myself got to the house of God, I was broken. I was oppressed. I, my life was messed up. And God got me by the hand, and he began to lead me on this journey of wholeness. I think if there's any one thing that I would want you to take away from this series, it's this. Everything you're looking for, God has for you here. And whatever you need in your life, God wants to meet that need And he wants to take you on that journey just like he took me on that journey, on that journey of wholeness. The next thing we found out is this is the house of healing. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he, Jesus, went about doing good. Listen, Jesus wants to do good in your life. He wants to do good in your family. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Listen, I've been oppressed. I've been places where there was oppression. I've had death in my family. 
And the enemy wanted to use that to oppress me. But I went to the house of healing. And I've received physical healing. I've received mental and emotional healing. And God has me on this journey just like he does you. The next thing we found out is this is the house of deliverance. God wants you to be able to escape. He wants you to be able to slip out. Listen, the devil wants to corner you. Right? I've been down in that corner. I might as well go again. Amen. I might as well just come on down and get in the corner. I love how it's behind the cross. Yeah, the devil had me in a corner. You ever been in a corner? Yeah, I've been in the corner before. And the devil was telling his lies to me just like he's telling his lies to you. The Bible says you have a prophetic future. Ray, you have a future, brother. And the Word of God says it's good. The devil shows up, and he wants to put his prophetic future on you. And he wants to tell you your little boy's never going to walk. We found out that was a lie, didn't we? Yeah, the lie was the doctor said, lower your expectations. Things are never going to change. But darn it, if you didn't show up in the house of miracles and God has worked in your family, he's worked on your son, and he made a way for you to escape. Don't listen to the prophetic future of the devil. Listen to God's prophetic future for you. Hey, pastor, what is that? Well, it starts in the Word of God. I tweeted the other day, and by the way, if you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter and follow me. Get on Twitter and follow me. Because I put encouraging things on there every day. I put scripture on there every day. And you don't believe the lies of the devil. I tweeted the other day, don't say God's not speaking and your Bible is closed. Because when you read the word of God, God will speak. He wants to deliver you. Amen? Then we found out this is the house of wisdom. Wisdom is not a bunch of rules. Wisdom is not a creed. Wisdom is a person. And that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you surrendered your life to Christ, the Bible says he moved in the inside of you. That is the hope of glory. That is the mystery of the kingdom. Listen, the offer of Christianity is life. It's not rules. That's religion. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. God is not afraid of your dreams. God does not want to stop or stamp out your dreams. He wants to offer life to you. What have we found out? We found out that his name is Jesus and he is wisdom. The Bible says he's made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Whatever you're facing, you have the wisdom to handle it. Maybe it's parenting. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's what college to go to. Maybe it's what to major in. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's what doctor to go to. God has given you wisdom. You are in the house of wisdom. Amen? The next thing we found out is this is the house of praise. You know why I praise? Because I know where I come from. I know where I'd be if I didn't have Jesus. I'd be dead or I'd be in prison. My life would not have turned out good. I was in trouble early. 
I was in trouble fast. And I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing. You know, somebody says, hey, do you wish you could go back and be 21? Lord almighty Jesus, no. Now, if I know what knew, if I knew, if I knew then what I know now, good Lord, yes, right? But without that, the answer is no. But I got a hold of the Lord Jesus Christ, and when I did, he began to change my life. And so it's easy for me to praise him. The last thing we've talked about, and I love that song we did, this is the house of miracles. This is a living house, a living, breathing house. We're the body of Christ. There is a supernatural presence of God here, and when you leave here, you cannot help but be touched by it. We're not going through the motions. We're not going through the routine. We are organized, but we're not an organization. We're a living, breathing body. You and I are the hands and the feet of Jesus. We're the eyes of Jesus. We're the mouth of Jesus. We are a light set upon a hill. When you go to your job tomorrow, you're a light. When you go to school tomorrow, you're a light. Whatever you're doing tomorrow, when you get there to do it, you're a light. All right? We have found out that's who we are. Now, are we organized? You bet we're organized. Lou got here yesterday and prepared the kitchen and got the coffee ready. I got here early this morning. I'm usually the first one here. Then I turn on the lights and check the thermostats that I set the night before. I turn on the coffee maker so it's ready. So when the sheep get here and they're hungry for a donut and thirsty for some, you're shaking. Now, come on, Pastor. Yeah, and you need a latte and you need a grande and you need something else. Uh, we, we got the trough full and we're ready. Amen. Yeah, right? Praise God. We're organized. Yeah, I didn't get up here this morning and think, man, you know, we ought to have some church. Think if Greg got up here this morning with his toss-ups and his burrito. And he said, hey, y'all want to sing some songs today? Y'all would think, man, Greg needs prayer. Amen? No, they prepared. We prepared. We want to honor the house of God. I incubate all week long getting ready for this right here in God's presence. I'm praying. I know you, I'm not the only one praying, but I'm praying. We are organized, but we're not an organization. We're the house of God. We're the body of Christ. And God has called us into this place. We're a house of miracles. I want to finish today with the time that I have left talking to you about how we are a house of family. I I could stop right here and dismiss and let's go eat chicken after the way y'all did this morning. It was amazing to be up here and see all of you lined across here with your needs. And then when I invited your brothers and sisters to come and touch you to pray, they flooded out behind you. That is exactly who we're supposed to be. We're family. The Bible describes it, I'm going to read it to you, as a body. Each of us have a body, and that body has different parts. There's little toes and little fingers. There's teeth and eyes and hair. If you've got a toddler at your house, a grandbaby, whoa, yeah, baby, right? Or a child, and you say when they're little, where's your eyes? And they'll point, where's your nose? You know, have y'all ever done that? Where's your mouth? Uh, yeah, and you, you know, if you're a grandparent, you're totally entertained by that. 
right? If you're a parent, you're like, shut up, go play, right? <laughs> Isn't that the difference between parents and grandparents? It's so true. It's so true how parents and grandparents are. It's like, get out of here. And, and we're like, oh, she tooted. It was so cute. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Amen? Come on, Kim. Yeah, come on. It's like, amen, right? I mean, man, when that baby drools, it's a good thing. The Bible says that we have different parts, but that we're one. We're a body, and every single one of you matter. Every single one of you have a place. And I want to read to you. <clears throat> I'm going to read out of 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to start with 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to read 12 through 14, then I'm going to jump down to verse 25. Let me read the Word of God to you. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, all of its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. We were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. Now, stop right there. You know what he's saying? We're different. We're different. We're different races. We're different ages. We're different sex. We're from different backgrounds. We're different. But we're all part of the same body. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, you were baptized or immersed or brought into this body. We're a supernatural body. We're a part of a larger body that's throughout the world and that's even in heaven. But you and I are part of that body. Let me keep reading. It says, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. So that there should be no division in the body. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. Y'all were such a beautiful picture of that this morning. You had brothers and sisters who are suffering, and you were there with them. I love that. Then you did this. Every part, excuse me, if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. When we had the football boys stand up, what did we do? We rejoiced. Think how y'all are living out the Scripture. I don't know about you, but this just so blesses me. Y'all are up here praying for the hurting, and then we're hooting and hollering for those that are honored. We're doing exactly what the Scripture says we're supposed to do. Verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. The amazing thing about the body of Christ is it's filled with people. The terrible thing about the body of Christ is it's filled with people. Amen? Now, let me read you something I came across. This will bless you. Church is the place where you're with the people you would choose. And you're with the people you would never choose. Let me read it again. Church is the place where you're with the people you would choose. And you're with the people you would never choose. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. (laughs) Yeah, he's talking about you. Yeah, amen, right? Without pointing at anybody, look around at those people in this room that you wouldn't choose, right? That on Thanksgiving, you might not invite them to your house, right? Okay, what, what, yeah, y'all are thinking, yeah, amen, Pastor. Here's one of the things that we're supposed to do here. We're supposed to lay down our differences. 
Now, we're different in a lot of ways, right? We're different. And I know that your political views are correct. I know that Jesus has your political views, correct? I'm joking, right? I hope you all know that, right? Y'all are thinking, yeah, pastor, it's about time you got that figured out. But this is the place where we lay down our differences and we're under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read to you another verse. This is Ephesians 4.2, and it's the New Living Translation. I love this. You're going to love it too. Always be humble and gentle. Now, stop right there. Okay, I need to hear this, and I know there are many of you who need to hear this. Listen to it again. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Now, over the years, I've had people leave church for lots of reasons. Sometimes people move or sometimes the Lord tells them to do something different. That's right. That's good. But, you know, we all know people who've left church because they're mad or they got their feelings hurt or somebody was sitting in their chair or somebody got the last donut, right? You know how you come in the service and there's no donuts? I I heard somebody talking about this morning, right? Yeah, where are the dang donuts, man? You about lose your salvation because there's no donuts. Did you know that God brought you to this place so you could work out your salvation? God brought you to this place so you could work out your faith. God brought you to this place because that person that you would never choose is here and they're like sandpaper in your life and they rub you the wrong way and God brought them here on purpose to rub you the wrong way because you need to work out your faith You need to work out your salvation and let God move in your life. Amen? Here's the next thing. Listen to Psalms 92, 12. This verse is so amazing. Listen to what it says. The righteous, that's you. Stephen, you're righteous because you know Jesus as your Savior. Will, you're righteous because you know Jesus as your Savior. Righteous means right standing. Okay, Victor, I might as well just go to you. You're next, right? Victor, you're righteous because you know Jesus is your Savior. It means to be in right standing with God. What's the point, Pastor? The point is this verse belongs to you. Listen to what it says. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I want you to see two amazing things in this verse. It says that if you're planted in the house of God, you'll flourish. Planted. Let's just say that I planted a tree in my front yard this spring. I don't know. Maybe now's a good time to plant a tree. I'm not really up on all that. But let's just say I plant a tree and it's a good time. So don't don't think, Pastor, it's not a good time. Don't think that. Okay, don't lose it, right? It doesn't matter. All right, well, I'm planting a tree. I leave it in my front yard for a year, and then I dig it up, and I move it to the backyard. I leave it there a year. 
Then I dig it up and I move it to the front yard. Some of you are already snickering. I leave it there for a year. I dig it up and move it back to the backyard. You're shaking your head, Pastor. You have, run, you have jacked up that tree, Pastor. <clears throat> I went into the trading post the other day. I'm talking about me jacking up stuff. This is just a rabbit, but I have to chase it. I went into the trading post, and Donnie was in there, and some other guys were in there. And I said, hey, I need, some, I need to look at a socket. And they said, Pastor, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm working. They're laughing just like you are. Yeah, they're laughing just like you were. Pastor, what are you, what are you doing? So I explained to them what I was doing. You know, they almost didn't want to sell me any sockets because they thought I was going to go home and hurt myself, you know? It's like, Pastor, and then the person that was in there said, don't buy anything, just tell me what you're doing, and I'll come do it for you. Now, I was honored by that, but I wanted to fix it myself. And I'm not going to tell you what it was. I'm not even going to tell you. No, I'm not doing it. But I got it fixed. I got the right socket. He gave me three different sizes and said, take them home. Whichever one works, you can buy that one and bring the other ones back. Isn't that the blessing of living in a small town? Right, man? Yeah. And so, so I, I got it fixed. Amen. Now, now, listen to this. I don't want you to miss this. God wants you to be planted. Okay, you and I all know if you move a tree like that, it's, it's best case scenario, it's going to stunt the growth of it. Worst case scenario, it's going to die. I'm grateful that you are planted here. I'm grateful that you're here this morning. And here's the next thing it says. It says, because you're planted in the house of God, you are going to flourish. Now, this word is amazing in the original language. Here's what it means to flourish. It means to push a seed into the ground, plant it, cover it up, and then as you water it and take care of it, that seed shoots up out of the soil. That shoot turns into a plant. That plant puts on buds, and those buds eventually bloom. That's what flourish means. It means your life is like a seed. And it's going to push up and cause there a shoot to grow. That shoot is going to turn into a plant. That plant is going to put on buds. And those buds are going to bloom. When you are planted in the house of God, you are going to do exactly what I just said. You are going to shoot up out of the soil. You're going to bring forth buds. Those buds are going to bloom. And you're going to have fruit you're going to have grace, and you're going to have blessing in your life, all because you're planted. Now, when I hear that, one of the first things I think of is a rose bush. And I think about how a rose in the spring puts on buds, and then those buds bloom into roses. I also think about planting a corn seed or a tomato plant or a, a wheat plant or cotton. We all know, what do those plants do? Well, in the very beginning, you know, when you drive by a farmer's field in the spring and it looks like dirt, but when you drive by the rows, you can see that little tiny row of green down each row because the plants are tiny. And that corn plant puts on a shoot, it grows, it becomes tall, it puts on buds, it blooms, and it turns to corn, and it's fruitful. 
your life is the very same way. Pastor, how do I get that in my life? I want it. Here's how you do it. You stay planted in the house of God. You stay planted in the family of God. You see church through the eyes of faith. You don't see it as duty. You don't see it as religion. You don't see it as doing something to please God. You show up in God's house, and when you do, you reach down and turn on your expector. You turn on your faith. You allow God to work with you, to rub into you, and to work it out with the family, and you will bear fruit. I love that picture where you bring forth bud, you bring forth plants, you bring forth fruit. Listen, you know what happens when farmers do that? There's a harvest. There's a harvest. There's a harvest of grain. There's a harvest in that crop. Listen, God wants to bring you to a place of harvest. I said earlier, the devil has a prophetic future for you, and it's a lie. God has a prophetic future for you, and that promise is true. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to bloom. He wants you to bring forth fruit. He wants there to be a harvest in your life, in your marriage, with your kids, with your job. And all that has to happen is you show up in the house of God, you stay planted in the house of God, and you will flourish. Now, I've just got a few minutes left, and I want to just drop a couple of simple more thoughts in you. We are the visible kingdom of God in this city. We are the visible kingdom of God on the earth. When you go to work tomorrow, when you go whatever you do tomorrow, you and I are the visible kingdom of God. We bring life and we bring light everywhere we go. We are a light set upon the hill. And I want you to see yourself that way. We are the visible kingdom of God. Here's the next thing. For you to have that sense of family, every family has that crazy Uncle Joe or that crazy Uncle Bob. Anybody got one of those? Yeah, and if you don't raise your hand, it's because you're that one, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you, you think, oh, we don't have a crazy Uncle Bob in our family, but that's because you are that one, right? We were talking about bullying one day at school, and Ashley asked Arthur, Arthur, were you ever bullied at school? And he said, no. And she said, that's because you were the bully. <laughs> Your mama's back there agreeing in the name of Jesus, right? All right, church is the very same way. We have a sense of family. Then the last thing is that we see each other through the eyes of faith. We see each other through the eyes of faith. We see each other through the eyes of the love of God. And that we're patient with each other, we're caring with each other, and we allow God to work in our lives as we're on this journey together. Call the house of God. Amen? Amen. Bow your head and let me pray for you this morning. Father God, I want to thank you for your house. I want to thank you that I am allowed to be a part of it. Lord, your house has changed my life. Your house has changed my family. Your house has changed my children and my grandchildren. And I'm thankful for it. Father, I want to pray your life, your love, your grace over each one of us today. That as we leave this place, we know we matter. We know we're loved. We know that we're cared for by you. 
Father, as we go into the week of Thanksgiving, that your grace is on our families. Your grace is on our homes. And, Lord, you would stir a sense of thanksgiving within us. And just simply that we would be grateful this week for all that you've done for us and that you've created us to be in your house. And I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.